Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our lead pastor, Mike Wares. Yeah. Mm. I love that interview because it really shows something that, that I think sometimes we forget about Satan is that he is a schemer. In fact, that's what we're told in Ephesians 6, 11, that he schemes. We, we've all heard this. God has a plan for your life. Satan has a plan for your life also. And so you just need to understand that. And I tell you what, we're in a season right now where we see one of the biggest schemes that Satan has ever created is called COVID-19. Because in COVID-19, we have been isolated. And when you're isolated, you're easy prey for Satan, okay? And, And on top of that, he's kept the church from meeting together. And I will tell you, there's something that happens in a church when people come together uh, in the name of Jesus, because you realize you're a part of something bigger. You, you, you realize that you're not alone in this world. And so this is a, a scheme straight from the, the, the pit of hell. Yeah, but I got something to tell you this week, okay? And uh, as we, we start into this lesson, I guess something to tell you is that next week when you come, you don't have to register, okay? You all right with that? <laughs> Amen. Makes it easier, makes it easier uh, for you to invite people to come. But next week, we're, we're done with the registering. And, uh, and if you feel like you need a mask, that's fine. We, you know, we're we're going to keep doing the cleaning and taking care of things. Uh, but that's it. The only reason you need to register next week is if you're going to give blood out of the link during the, on Sunday morning. So uh, uh, join me. I'm going to give a gallon or two next week, and, and uh, we'll, you know, we'll have a great time. So, uh, uh, but if you're going to be here. Today we're in, in, in uh, chapter 25 of Core 52. If you, if you read ahead a little bit, it's about the supernatural. It, it, and, uh, and Mark Moore does an incredible job, and I really want you to read this. If you don't have a copy, they're available at the Welcome Centers uh, for just $5. But he does an incredible job of painting a picture of who Satan is, of who Jesus is, of who the angels are and who the demons are in heaven and hell. And so we're going to jump in today uh, as we look at this, uh, the supernatural. And what I would tell you with the supernatural is this is that there are a couple of things that you need to know in advance about that. The the first thing that I would tell you you need to know is is that there is more to this world than you can see. There's more to this world than meets the eye. I I want you to understand that because there are evil powers and there are good powers at work. In fact, this is what it says in Ephesians 6.12. And Ephesians 6.12 tells us that there is, um, uh, for for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You see, our struggle isn't against what we see, it's against what we don't see. So there's more to this world than we can see. In fact, Paul tells us in in, in 2 Corinthians 4 in the 18th 18th verse, he says, you got to focus your eyes on what you can't see. Okay, now that, that sounds a little bit crazy, but all the things that we can see are temporary, but we've got to focus our eyes on the things that, that, that we can't see, and, and that's on the powers. And really what he's talking about there is you've got to get your eyes fixed on Jesus. And, and so I, I tell you that, that that's important. And the second thing that you need to know there is, is that the powers that we cannot see are greater than the ones that we can see. The powers that we, that we can't see are greater than the ones that we can see. 
That, that's just it. The powers that are out there, the powers and principalities, I will just let you know that they have so much power. And, 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 and in fact, I got some good news because what John writes in 1 John 4, 4, he says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So we have the power of Jesus Christ in us. And this is what I'm going to tell you right here is that we choose what power will be in us. That is our choice. And in fact, that's the sermon in a sentence today is that we have to choose, we have to choose our team and our destiny. We have to choose our team and our destiny. That's the choice that we have to make. And, uh, and some people say, well, I, I just don't want to choose. Well, not to choose is to choose the wrong team. We have to intentionally choose to follow Jesus. So there's two parts today. Choose your team and choose your destiny. I'm going to give you a, a quick, uh, just a quick thing to tell you. Once you choose your team, your destiny is taken care of. But we're going to talk about both of those. So first thing I want to have you to understand is that Jesus' team, and when we talk about choosing our team, is that there's Jesus' team. I want you to understand this about Jesus' team because there's so much that I hear today that is bad information for us, okay? It tells us, and I want you to see this, John 14, 6. John 14, 6. And Jesus is talking to him. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father through, except through me. He says, I am the way. The way, that's exclusive. Okay? There is only one way. In fact, he goes on to say, no one can come to the Father except through me. The way is exclusive. That means there's no other way to God the Father. I hear Christians say this all the time. And this is what I hear. Well, there's many ways to God. If you believe that, you do not believe what Jesus said, and you do not believe what's in God's Word. And it's a dangerous belief. There is only one way. There is only one way. Now, I want to tell you why you want to be on Jesus' team. I'm going to go to a very familiar verse, John 3, 16. And, and I want you to see what it says there because it's so important. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We're going to stop right there. It says, For God so loved the world. The reason you want to be on Jesus' team is that the, the, the captain of the team loves you and wants the very best for you. Okay? He loves you and wants the very best for you. The second thing that you see there is that he gave his one and only son. You are highly valued. Valued so much that Jesus would sacrifice his son for you. If you came in here today saying, I, I, my life is worthless, you need to leave here today knowing that Jesus Jesus died for you. That's the price that has been paid for you. you. You have great value. And on top of that, the third reason that's right there is, is that God wants to spend eternity with you. God wants to spend eternity with you. And in fact, what Jesus says in, in, in John 14, 6 and following, that he's gone to prepare a place for us. I want you to think about that. The world that we live in, God created in six days. Pretty nice. Okay? 2,000 years. I can't wait to see what heaven's going to be like. And that's what God has prepared for those that follow him. I want to keep on reading because there's some really important information here. It says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. 
Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. I hear this so many times. People will say, I can't believe that a loving God would actually send somebody to hell. Can I tell you, he's given us every single chance possible for us to come to him. And and if you read that verse, he doesn't want to condemn us. He doesn't want to condemn us. He wants us, he wants us to come to him so much that he sent his son, so much that, 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 that he has prepared a place for us. So he wants us. But let me explain it this way. Keith, I have $100 right here. You, and, and if you come up here, I'll give it to you. Okay, he's just sitting there, okay? <laughs> now, he's going to go home hungry today, isn't he? Okay? He, he, uh, Tiffany's ready, okay? Okay, but, but see, that's the exact thing that God has done. He says, I'm willing to, to take care of your eternal life. All you have to do is to come to Jesus and believe in him. It's crazy not to take that deal. As crazy as Keith was just then for not jumping up, okay? I'm just saying... That, that is the, the, the truth here. I, I, want to give you, I want to give you one more reason why I, I think you want to be on Jesus' team. You find it in Revelation 17 and verse 4. It, 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 and it says, they will wage war, and this is, a, this is the other team. They will wage war against the Lamb, but the Lamb will triumph over them because He is Lord of lords and King of kings, and with Him will be His called, chosen and faithful followers. That's us, folks, called, chosen, and faithful followers. Okay, we're going to be on the winning team if you're on Jesus' team. I've been on some losing teams before, and it's no fun, but I'm just simply going to tell you that, that, that we will win. You, we sang it today, didn't we? We're going to see a victory, okay? The victory's already been won when Jesus conquered death. And so we've seen it, and we're going to see an even bigger victory when Jesus comes back in His glory. So, Jesus' team. Makes sense, doesn't it, to me? But let's look at the other team, just in case you have some, so, some wonders about that. I'm just calling it the other team, uh, because it, it, so many times it's, it's looking in so, other, so many other ways. I want you to see how the captain of that team operates. In John 8, 44, it says that, that Satan is a murderer. Okay, you get that? A liar and the father of lies. Have you gotten that? He's a murderer, a liar, and the father of lies. He is the source of lies. Not a good guy. John 10.10 says the thief, and it's referring to Satan. It says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Turn on the news any night, and you will see what the thief has done in 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 our world today. And so I just simply tell you, that's who he is. That's what he does. And then you turn to Revelation 12, 1 through 10. And what it says there, it tells us that Satan wants to devour us, lead us astray, and accuse us, okay? First of all, devour. That's anything that that, that takes us and consumes us. That could be addictions. That could be certain lifestyles. And then it says to lead astray. He's doing that right now because things that were once called evil are now called good, and things that were once called good are now called evil. You know, that's who he is. And then the last one is accuse. That he accuses us. In fact, it tells us in, in Revelation 12, chapter, uh, in verse 10, it says, accuses us night and day before the throne of God. Sometimes I overhear those. And you know what he reminds us of? All the things that we've ever done that have been wrong. And you know what I begin to think when I hear him accusing me? I'm not worthy. Can I tell you what? 
He's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And one more. First uh, Peter 5 and verse 8. Be alert and sober of mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Let me explain that word devour to you. You're going to sit down after church today. You're going to eat some lunch. You might devour it. What it does is it goes into your body. It becomes energy, and, and it helps you live and helps you move. That's what Satan wants to do to us. He wants to devour us. Okay, to, for us to become a part of his, of his kingdom so that he will have the energy to do evil in this world. Now, I ask you, you're a reasonably smart group, okay? When we talk about two teams, would you rather have a captain that loves you, has paid a price for you, and, and a captain that's going to win, or would you want to have that loser, Satan, who wants to steal, kill, and destroy and totally rip you apart? Let's vote. How many would rather be on Jesus' team? Hey, I think I'm getting about 100%. I won't even ask about the other team, uh, but, but, but that, that's important. Okay, second thing that I want you to see that, that makes us even better. But once you've made that decision, this part's the, the, the easy part. Let's talk about choosing our destination. Let's talk about choosing our destination. Heaven. I'm not a fan of the way heaven is portrayed. I'm just going to be real honest with you. It's usually portrayed by a little angel with a harp sitting on a cloud. I don't like heights, and I don't like harp music. And if that's what heaven is, I'm not real excited about it, okay? Uh, and so, but uh, but I, I want you to see what it is about. Revelation, the 21st chapter, 22nd chapter, this is what it does. It paints a picture of heaven that includes resurrected bodies, an incredible city, and the tangible presence of God. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 1 says that we're going to get a new body. Okay, I'm ready. I did some yard work yesterday, and I need a new one today. I'm going to just tell you. Uh, it, it, you know, but, but we're going to get a new body. And on top of that, it talks about an incredible city, and, and we're going to be in the presence of God himself with all his glory. Now, this is what it says there. There's going to be streets of gold, okay? <laughs> streets of gold. There's going to be gates of pearl, and the walls are going to be made of jasper. Somebody asked me, do you think that's really true? I don't know. That could be symbolic language, but I tell you, I can't even imagine what that would be like. I cannot even imagine. This is all I'm going to tell you about it, is that whatever God has in store for us, He's been working on it for 2,000 years, and it's going to be better than we can imagine, okay? But there's one verse, one verse in Revelation 21.4 that makes me want to go, Okay? been a rough couple of weeks. I will tell you what, I've cried more in these past uh, couple of weeks uh, than I have in a long time. I got an eye infection, had to take some antibiotics. I think it was just from weeping uh, because of so much that's on. So there's this one verse that I'm looking forward to so much. It's Revelation 21 and verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Whew. He'll wipe away every tear. On top of that, there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. I'm ready, okay? I'm ready. No more crying there. No more pain. No more mourning. Just let that sink into your heart, to your mind. 
There's a verse in uh, 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. I want you to see this verse. It says, What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. We typically stop right there. Okay? We typically stop right there. What no eye has seen, and what he's saying here is this going to be incredible, what, what God has prepared for us, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. But we always stop right there. I want you to see what it says next. These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. We were singing this morning. And I got kind of caught up in it. And I imagine that's what heaven is like. I think that's the Holy Spirit speaking to me. That one day we're all going to be standing in one accord. We're going to be singing to the King in His presence. That's what heaven's about. There have been times when I've been on my knees and praying that I get caught up talking to God and I know that I'm in His presence. I know that the Holy Spirit is working and I think that's it. getting caught up and in, in the Holy Spirit is revealing to me what heaven is like. There, there are times when I'm in God's Word and He speaks so clearly to me and it's just like I'm standing there with Him and He's speaking into my heart and to my mind. I, I think that's the Holy Spirit giving me a little bit of glimpse of what heaven is. There are times when I've been on top of mountains. There are times when I've been on the beach. There are times when I sat out here in the front yard at this church and watch the sunrise and those are times that I begin to see his majesty and I believe he's giving me a glimpse of what heaven is look for it folks the Holy Spirit is revealing it and when you catch a vision of it can I tell you what will happen your heart will be drawn and you'll want to be with God all right we have to look at the other side of this too to be fair and, and, and the other side is just um, simply hell, okay? Uh, Mark Moore in the book, <laughs> this is what Mark Moore says in the book. He says, well, hell is a buzzkill. Oh, he says that very well. He also mentions, he says, uh, so many people tell him, I can't believe in a God that would send somebody to hell. But Mark says this, he says, I can't believe in a God that wouldn't uphold justice. Boy, that's so important for us to realize. So I, I, I want to, we're going to talk about hell here a little bit, and I, and I want you to, to see it. Uh, and, and this is what Scripture tells us about hell. According to Scripture, hell is a real place of torment described with metaphors of flames, sulfur, worms, darkness, and gnashing of teeth. It's terrible to think somebody could end up there. Okay? I'm just going to tell you, it's terrible. It's worse than we could ever imagine. And, and, and you know, I, I, I hear what you say. Well, I can't believe God would send anybody there. I want you to read with me this verse from Second uh, Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Did you catch that? God is not slow keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Mm. 
Might I make a suggestion to you this morning? Maybe God's waiting on you today to say you want to join his team. Maybe God's waiting on you today to say, I, I, I want to be on that train when it goes to heaven. Maybe God's waiting on you. Maybe when you step forward, all of heaven rips open and we get to see the glory of God. I don't know. I, I don't know. This is what I do know. Heaven and hell has described, heaven and hell is described in God's word They have the very best metaphors available, but heaven will be better than we can ever imagine, and hell will be worse than any nightmare we have ever had. We choose our destination when we choose our team. And I ask you, which would you choose? It's a no-brainer, isn't it? So that's the sermon in a sentence today. You choose your team and your destination. You choose your team and your destination. I, I want you to see what Joshua said in Joshua 24. He says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you'll serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Joshua said, there's only one way to serve, and there's only one God that I'm going to serve, and I'm going to intentionally proclaim it to the world. Let's go on to Deuteronomy. This is what it says. The day I call, this day I call heavens and the earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him, for the Lord is your life. Choose. Choose death or life. Matthew 25 is, is an interesting chapter. And in there, Jesus says that there will be some that will be cast into outer darkness. My friend Joe Pudding has, a, has an interesting theory there. He says they're going to be cast into outer darkness where there's gnashing of teeth and there's crying. Okay? Where there's gnashing of teeth and crying. It's when Jesus says, away from me, I never knew you. So this, this idea of gnashing of teeth, can, can you get a picture there of that gnashing of teeth? It, gnashing of teeth, I, I get that way when I get mad. Oh! And there are some people that are mad at God, okay? And they're going to be mad at God when they're in hell. And, and I think that's going to be some of them. I, I think that gnashing of teeth is just going to be those that, that shook their fist at God and were so upset with Him. But then there's a second group. And he said that that's represented by those that cried, those that wept. They're crying because they were good people. You won't find the gnashers of teeth typically in a church, but you will find those that cry that do. They, 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 they intended to, 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 to make a decision for Jesus. They, they intended to, to take a stand for him, but they just didn't get around to it because life is so busy. Wow. I want to challenge you if you're one of those today. I want to challenge you if you're one of those today not to hold back. To step forward in a minute and to come and accept the gift that God has for you of eternal life. One more thing. One more statement I want you to see. On Judgment Day, 
we won't hear well planned, well thought out, well intentioned. The only commendation we want to hear is well done, good and faithful servant. Only one commendation. You won't hear well thought out, well planned, well intentioned. The only one you'll hear is well done, good and faithful servant. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. You love us. You paid the price for us. You made a place for us. And Father, we, we need to respond to that love. And so, Father, right now, I just ask that if there's one in here that has not stood for you, there's one in here that have not given their life completely to you, Father, I pray today that they would choose your team. They would choose the team that's going to win. Father, that they would say, I, I'm done of not making a choice. Father, I pray that every one of us in this room has the hope of eternal life. Uh, Father, I pray that every one of us in this room can have the hope of one day being reunited with those that we love. Father, I pray that every single one of us in this room would have the comfort that comes from knowing Jesus Christ. Work in us right now, Holy Spirit. Convict us, comfort us, move us to do what you've asked us to do. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's an intentional choice. It's an intentional choice. This is a hard sermon, I got to tell you, but it's one that needs to be preached often because if we don't warn people, if we don't try to get them to join with us, their destiny is certain. So if you're already a believer today, you know what I would say to you? hear what was said and think about that person that lives next to you or that's in your family and take the message to them. But if you're here today and you've never named Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, we'd love to see that happen. So let's stand, let's sing. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at